A very good morning to all of you. Well, it's good to be here. What a week we have had with uh, the third wave of COVID. And of course, uh, so many people have uh, left us, including our first president, Dr. Kenneth Gaunda. Sometimes you wonder why would things happen in such a way, but then, you know, all things are in the hands of the Lord, and we look up to him even at this moment in time. Today I want to speak about a subject I called the master choreographer. Okay? What is a choreographer? Okay? Difficult word, isn't it? Uh, I want to use this uh, subject today to put a bit of uh, light on some of the things that we may experience. You know, when you see that people are dying and you wonder why. You know, somebody asked me the question, what is it? Uh, is it age or is it what we have done? Uh, that counts in the eyes of the Lord. Well, you know, everything has got its own time. In fact, the book of Psalms 116, verse 3, verse 15 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Now you may wonder, how can God say something like that? And yet it's in the Bible. So death is not a threat to us who are in Christ. And so we, we want to start from that premise that we understand, you know, the time will come that we all have to leave. But if we are in Christ, even that will be precious to, Lord, to, the, to the Lord. Now we thank God for people who have lived long, like our first president has uh, lived 97 years, and that's a, a, a true blessing. And uh, it, would it would be nice if you all could live that long, uh, but then, you know, life is not in our own hands. Okay, I want to speak about the master choreographer. Let me give you a bit of a definition on that. Uh, just to give you a background. In the performing arts, choreography applies to human movement and form, bringing participants into a flowing harmony with each other, guided by the musical composition expressing beauty in dance and admiration. Actually, it's a wholesome experience. You know, like in a choir, you direct the voices. In an orchestra, you, in, you direct the, the instruments, okay? In choreography, you, in, you direct the whole person, you know, everything. All the, all the, 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 the uh, muscles, everything that is in a, in a human being, uh, the nerves, the mind, uh, everything is being directed by that. Choreographers create compelling dance routines in a way that translates emotions through movements. They then direct rehearsals during which they instruct dancers, singers, and even actors on how to perform the routines they have thoughtfully crafted. So I hope you understand what a choreographer is. Okay? In, in Zambia, we don't have so many uh, dance uh, groups, uh, unless maybe the traditional, uh, but you know, we don't have ballets or something like that. But you know, a choreographer is working with a, a, a group of people, sometimes large groups of people, in order to make them all flow together, come into unison with one another, and, and bring to expression uh, what they want to uh, bring to the people. So when I talked about the master choreographer, I speak about the one who has created us, the one who has a plan for us, the one who knows our future, and the one who brings us together in harmony, because that is what he desires to do. Let me read uh, scriptures this morning from the book of Psalms 137, verse 1. This is a scripture that has been written about 2,500 years ago. 
some people have made songs out of that. Maybe you have heard that song. It says, besides the, river, the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept as we remembered Zion. Other translation says Jerusalem. Because Jerusalem is a synonym for Zion. We put away our harps, hanging them on the branches of poplar trees. For our captors demanded a song from us. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. But how can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a pagan land? Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 3. The Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with loving kindness. I will build you up again and you will be rebuilt, O Virgin Israel. Again, you will take up your tambourines and go out to dance with the joyful. What a powerful word. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19 in the New Testament. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can tell that God loves music. God loves artistic expression. In fact, God has given us the ability, you know, to bring out songs. You know, if you are just checking your Bible, maybe you've got a, a, a congregants in your computer or in your phone, and you just uh, check for sing a new song, you will be surprised how many times uh, God is encouraging us to sing a new song to the Lord. Amazing. Because God loves that. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. There is a time for everything. A season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Interesting. I'll stop here. It continues, actually. You can read it further. But it's interesting. Yeah? The mourning and the dancing is just next to each other. So when there's mourning, just expect that the dancing comes soon. Praise the Lord. So the mourning is not the last. It's just something in between. So the Bible tells us there is a time for everything. Maybe I shock you. There is even a time, a time for COVID. Imagine. There's even a time for the third wave, which we are just experiencing now. Do you think God was surprised by COVID? Do you think God does not know where COVID comes from? Okay, most of our scientists today, they have no clue where it comes from. I think a few people know where it came from, you know, some people must know. But most of us have no clue, we don't know. There are a lot of speculations out there, and we should not worry about these speculations. We should just know that God has all things in his mighty and powerful hands. You know, what he has allowed, he has allowed for a purpose. We may not know the purpose, we may not understand why, but God is still in control. COVID does not affect our God. Okay? COVID is here on us. And we thank God that we are able to go through it. You know, we have been fortunate that the last two waves have not really affected us so much. Now this third wave has affected us much, much more. And we are just looking up to the Lord to give us his protection 
that he helps each and every one of us, of his uh, people, of his children to come through. And even if some will not pull through, don't forget that the death of uh, the servants of the Lord is precious to our God. Amen? So we should not worry about, you know, uh, managing the affairs of God. God knows how to take care of his own affairs. He knows how to do things. And I want to talk about this issue today. God is the master choreographer, okay? He has got all things in his hands. Now, I want you to understand that God's design is full of beauty. Everything that God has made is wonderfully made. You know, it's full of beauty, it's full of uh, rejoicing, dance and praise and worship. You know, that's how God made everything. God is a designer, he's a composer, he's a director, and he's a choreographer of all that he has made. So he brings everything together according to his perfect plan. God is the originator of all harmony, of music, of beauty. Why do you think that, you know, there is an urge in some of us to, to write songs or to perform some certain arts or maybe to do certain things, you know, because, I mean, we can, we can be gifted in many different areas. Even if you are not an artist, you can still have a certain uh, strength, and we all have it. You know, where does it come from? It is how God has given his gifts and his abilities and talents to each and every one of us. All these, all these gifts, all these wonderful things that God has uh, put into our lives have, you know, come to us from eternity because beauty prevails from eternity up to these days in the presence of our gods. All good things, all perfect things are with our Father above. And he's the one who sends it down into our lives, into our experience today. Unfortunately, sin and deceit has characterized this world. But these things do not affect God. Nor can he ever be affected by those things. Yes, they may make him sad. They make him sometimes to mourn. And the Bible tells us so. But he is not affected by it. And he will never be. Now, for those who do not embrace all of the wonders of God, God has also provided a space, okay? And the space that God has provided for those who don't like him, who don't want him, is where God withdraws his presence totally and completely. But of course, where God withdraws himself totally and completely, that means there's no mercy, there's no grace, there's no love which is still here in this world. So we don't really understand what a place would be like where God withdraws himself completely. Okay? So let me recap this. You know, God is a God of beauty. God is a God of wonderful things. God is a God of arts. Okay? He's a loving God, a caring God, a merciful God, a gracious God. Unfortunately, not all people respond to those things. You see, it's interesting. All people look for love, but they look for love elsewhere. And yet you can't get love elsewhere because God is love. He's the originator of love. So if we reject God, then we reject love. Because there is no love anywhere else. And, you know, that thing they call love somewhere out there in the world without God, that is not love. It's lust. And it's, it's devastating. Actually, it's killing. And you can see this happening all over the world. So let me talk about that space where God withdraws himself from. Because God is a God of love, he, he respects our will, you know, because he has given us a free will. So 
Thank God for those of us who want him, for those of us who desire him, he will give himself to us. But for those who do not love him and who do not want him, who do not want him to interfere in their lives, God says, okay, it's fine. I'll create a space for you where you can be able to spend eternity. Because we must understand that God has created us with eternity in our hearts. You know, this has only come because of sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is this. So this was not in the plan of God. It was as a result of rebellion. It was as a result of uh, turning away from the living God. Cutting yourself off from life means you die. But then, you know, God created us eternally. And that's why, you know, we don't have to fear death when we are in Christ because death, you know, is precious to the side of God for those who are his faithful servants, as uh, we have read in Psalm 116. So that space that God will create or that God has uh, earmarked where he will withdraw himself completely and totally is what the people call, what the Bible calls the lake of fire or hell, okay? I know some people, they have got difficulty with this, with this place and they have a misunderstanding what this place is all about. You know, the Bible tells us that this place is prepared for the devil and his angels because they have willingly and deliberately rebelled against the living God. They said, we don't want to have anything to do with you. And God said, okay, fine. I'll give you a place on your own. And that is called the lake of fire. And everybody who follows the same sentiments than Satan and his uh, followers, they will share that place where God has removed himself totally and completely and you know, the lake of fire is a lake of fire because then the passions of sin set people on fire and they can't get away from there. And there, there will be no more grace. There will be no more mercy. There will be no more love. Everything that we still experience in this world today, it will not be there. The Bible says God lets his sun shine over the good and the evil. And isn't that wonderful that we receive God's mercy every single day? But in that space that God says, I will allow you to have your own space and I will not interfere with you, there Satan and all his hordes and all his followers and all the people who don't have anything to do with God, they will be on their own without mercy, without grace. That's a shattering thought, isn't it? Now, we have read this uh, passage of scripture from the Psalms 137 verse 1. Besides the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept as we remembered Zion. You know, there were several moves uh, in the Old Testament times. It's recorded that people were taken into captivity because of their disobedience to the Lord. Zion or Jerusalem was the place of worship where they would be able to meet with God. You know, at that time, they had a place where they had to come to in order to meet with God. Thank God today we can be able to meet God from anywhere. But in those days, you know, like from the days of Moses, there was a tabernacle. In the days of uh, Solomon, the temple was built. And then, of course, that place called Jerusalem or Zion was a very important place because that's where, you know, they would be able to meet with the living God. That's where... You know, there was an outer court, a holy place, and the most holy place so that they could be able to meet with the living God. But then they were taken into captivity because of disobedience. God repeatedly warned them and they didn't follow. 
And so God allowed the enemies to come and take them into captivity. And so they were now in Babylon. And the scripture tells us they were sitting down. They wept because they remembered the great days, the wonderful days, the blessings in the presence of the Lord, which was now no longer attainable because they were separated from that place. If you read uh, the history of the Israelites, you will find there's a lot of music that have been uh, characterizing the history of the people of Israel. In fact, even uh, in the life of uh, Moses, there is an interesting passage, you know, where we read about the song of Moses. And uh, that song has been, has been sung, you know, continuously and has been taught uh, to the to the people uh, of God. Again, throughout the history of the Israelites, singing was very important. And if you read the Old Testament, you will find, especially the book of Psalms, is full of, full of music. Sometimes you may not realize it. But, you know, you have got these this, uh, uh, lines where it says, to the stringent instruments, or selah. You know, all these were instructions of how to sing a song. And uh, most, if not all, psalms were actually songs that were written down to be given as songs of worship and praise to the living God. Now these people who were in Babylon, sitting beside the river of Babylon, the rivers of Babylon, they were mourning. They were in, in a difficult situation. And they could not sing because they had nothing to sing about, nothing to be happy about. If they would sing songs, they would be songs of misery, songs of mourning, songs of uh, trouble and trial. So they hung up their instruments on the trees, on the branches of the trees. But their captors, they wanted to tease them. They wanted to torment them and say, sing us the song of Zion. You know, give us, give us those songs that you have been singing at home. And they were saying, how can we sing the songs of the Lord? while we are in a pagan land, which means we are separated from the presence of God. We are not really flowing in the things of God whatsoever. You see, when we are losing our heritage, it makes our songs sad. We become yearning for something. We have now a desire for something that is lost, that we don't, don't reach anymore. And this is what the people of, uh, of, of, of God who were taken into captivity were experiencing at that time. They were undergoing trials. They were sad people. They could not sing the songs of joy. If they would sing, they would sing songs of mourning, songs of misery. Now we must understand that God created us with everything that he has, everything that he is, because the Bible tells us we are made in his image and likeness. So we were born with music, we were born with art, we were born with worship, we were born with praise. If you don't believe me, just look at little children, how they can sometimes be very artistically uh, motivated. You know, you, you don't need to tell them they will just... Just do this all by themselves, you know, amazing. Or just look at children as they're growing up. They will tell you about their dreams because God implanted wonderful dreams of our destiny into every one of our hearts. Unfortunately, as we're growing up, we are killing the dreams. Sometimes parents say, you know, the elderly people say, ah, just, just shut up, don't, don't dream about these things. As if dreaming is not serious. Actually, God has given us dreams, just as he has given us music into our hearts. 
It would be nice to pay attention to the voice that God uses to speak to us from within ourselves because God is the one who gives us gifts and talents. You know, I don't want to use the word programmed us because it looks like mechanical, but that's exactly what God did. You know, we make programmed computers and they're doing certain things, but God gave us, you know, a living program, not a dead program, in order to be able to fit into this world and to fulfill the purposes for which we are here in this world. But separated from him, all these cannot flourish. If we sing, we are not singing what we should if we are not in the presence of our God. The songs of this world are a poor image of the songs of Zion. Okay, you know, the Bible tells us that, you know, the, the people of uh, Cain, they were very early on uh, getting into the arts because, of course, they had lost their relationship with God, so that they were trying now to replace what they didn't have anymore with something of their own creation. They manufactured it themselves. And, you know, if you look around in the world, music, the music industry is a big industry, okay? A lot of money has been made, is made, and can be made in the future. You know, a lot of things are being done because, you know, people have a yearning for the songs of joy. Unfortunately, the songs of joy can only be sung by those who have a relationship with the living God. You know, that's the sad thing. And yet most of the music industry today, you know, is actually not really very rooted in God who created us with, with gifts and talents and abilities. So many of the songs that we are hearing today, they are merely an expression of frustrations, of our yearnings and unfulfilled desires. I mean, just call some of the songs to mind, you will find out, oh, you know, it's very true. People sing about things which they don't have. People sing about the things which they, 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 they're longing for and can't get. Why do people sing so much about love? Not because they have it, but because they look for it. So people are restless. Without God, we will be restless and we'll never be satisfied no matter what we own, no matter how high we rise on the ladder of importance in this world because you cannot really find satisfaction outside of the very God who created us. Now, we must understand that God wants to get us back into his wonderful design. And that's where the choreography comes in. You know, God is the one who, who, who directs everything in this world. Whether we see it or we don't see it, whether we understand what is happening or not, he is the one who directs all things. The choreographer's job is to create an appreciation of how things should flow. It requires a lot of patience to get the stiffness out from our bones or from our hearts. He prepares every person in his, whether it's orchestra, whether it's choir, or whether it's in his dancing troupe. And you know, dancing is biblical, by the way. Have, have you seen? The Bible talks about dancing, you know. I grew up at a time when dancing was uh, called sin. Okay, some, sometimes we Christians, we are very funny, you know. We miss things altogether. You know, of course, there are different types of dancing, like there are different types of songs, of course. Some dancing may be bad. Okay, there was a time when they introduced, there was a movie called Dirty Dancing. Okay, I'm not saying Dirty Dancing is good. Okay, yeah, there is something like Dirty Dancing. But dancing is, is divine. You know, God wants us to dance. 
In fact, this is what the Bible talks about here. Okay? Again, you will take up your tambourines and go out to dance with the joyful. That's what God wants us to do. You know, everything should be in harmony with each other and with our creator, with our gods. And he's the one who guides that, who directs that. But you know, choreography requires a lot of time. And often the choreographer is not really much in the limelight, he's not much in the front, but he is there with each and every one to train them, to guide them, to direct them, to help them to get things right. Okay? Sometimes you may not see how God directs your life, but he is. Sometimes you may not understand that what you're going through is part of God's choreography, even if it's called COVID. Now, you may say, well, that is not from God. Well, it's not from God, for sure not. But God uses it anyway. You see, when you look at the life of Jacob, I've been talking about Jacob in my, in my uh, writings in the last few weeks. Jacob was growing up, uh, and he was a bit of a wild guy. You know, he was not, not, not really uh, always very straight. He was a quiet person trying to be in the home, but on the other hand, he was, he was trying to find ways. So that's why he was called the supplanter, okay, or the deceiver. He was holding on to the heel of his brother Isa when, when he was born. And yet, you know, there was something about, uh, about uh, Jacob which God loved. And that was that he had desire for God, while Esau didn't have that at all. But then Jacob was having problems, you know. He needed to be panel-beaded. He needed to be changed. And so God allowed him to go to his uncle Laban, okay, the, the brother of his mother. And that guy was a crooked guy, you know, who changed his wages 10 times. But God used all of this to get him into shape, to prepare him for what he had in mind. And when finally, after 20 years, he came back from Laban's uh, home, this time with a family and with a lot of uh, property because God had blessed him so mightily, he still had to meet with the living God and he still had to be touched at his sight. And from that time on, when he was fighting with God, okay, and, 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 and the Bible tells us that he fought with God and he prevailed, okay? Which means he had a, such a desire for God and his blessings and his relationship with him that he was able to overcome even his, uh, you know, shortcomings in his nature. The, the issues that he had to deal with in his life, God graciously allowed him to go through these things. So, you know, when we go through things, it's not in vain. Everything has got a purpose. Many times we say, God, why? Why do you allow this to happen? Why do you take me through such things? You know, and we sometimes pray against such things. And listen, you know, I'm not saying everything is good. There are many things which are not good, and we have the right to pray that God will re redeem us out of such situations. But nevertheless, if God doesn't, accept it. Look at the life of Job. Job went through many different hardships. He had a very blessed life. He was really an example of God's blessing, and, and everybody looked up to him, realizing this man is the blessed of the Lord's. He had a great family, he had a lot of possessions, everything was good. But all of a sudden, all of these things that, you know, were seemingly signs of God's blessings fell off. 
his family died. All his children died. And the wife he was left with said, curse God and die. All his properties were gone. Does it mean that he was no longer blessed? Does it mean that God had forgotten about him? For sure not. You see, don't gauge the action in your life or whatever happens around you, surroundings. Uh, don't, don't say this is, this is uh, God having withdrawn his blessings or his, his, his care for somebody. No, 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 God still cares. Even in the most difficult situation, God is still there. And God was with Job all the way through, even in the most difficult circumstances of his life. If you ask me why, I cannot give you an answer because I don't know. But I know that God does not make mistakes. And God went through this valley together with Job, his servant, and did something powerful in his life, and God lifted him up after a certain stretch of the roads. And he was even more blessed after that than before. But not only was he more blessed after that than before, but he was also able to emulate the nature of God more than ever before. He was more able to live in the ways of God. And he says, I just heard of you from hearsay, but now my eyes have seen you. And you know, God wants us to come to that position where we see him. Praise God. So God is busy to choreograph us back into his design because God knows what we should have been, what we ought to have been, and what we must be. And that is what he is busy doing in our lives. Okay? God loves us with an everlasting love. We have read that in the book of Jeremiah 31. What a powerful word. You know, whether you are going through good times or bad times, his life is there for you and his love is everlasting. Praise God. So you should never doubt him. Because God has made this powerful statement and it's a statement that he has written in his word so it's for you and for me as well. I've loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with loving kindness. I will build you up again and you will be rebuilt of virgin Israel. Or we could say or people who are suffering under COVID today. Again, you will take up your tambourines and go out and dance with the joyful. That's what we are called to do. So God is guiding the affairs of man. You know, I mean, we, we have just lost our first president. And uh, of course, you know, we know his history. We know how he has been fighting for the freedom of this nation, how eventually he succeeded, how he became president, how he was president for 27 years. You know, all these things were not by accident. God designed many of these things that we have that we are now looking back to. And, you know, it's amazing to see how God is doing mighty and powerful things. In the same way, God is building his church. He's not only building the nation of Zambia or the, nation of Af the nations of Africa. In fact, in the book of Psalms, chapter 2, verse 6, the Bible says, ask of me and I will... And I will uh, Give you the nations as your inheritance. That is a, 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 a word that the father gave to the son. And he says, I've installed my king in Zion. That is Christ. Praise God. So guided by the master, 
He directs the willing hearts. Now what we must understand is that everything that is created was created by God and for him. Okay, so he directs everything. Even those who don't want to serve and submit to God, he will still direct their paths. But he will not do his beauties. Okay, he will not do his dancing. He will not do his praise. He will not do his worship through them, but only those who love him, those who have willing hearts, those who are submitting to him. Today, I have to be short. Time is uh, sh shortened today because of our uh, COVID regulations. So I, I think I need to come back to this because it's just a very, very wide subject. And to make, uh, to give justice to it, I need to speak to it, about it again. But let me just say something, you know. Let me just read to you some of the most powerful things. And please read through the bulletin, uh, the, the scriptures there. You know, how everything God has arranged to bring out beauty. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 6, I saw the Lamb looking as it has been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent into all the earth. He came to look at the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lord. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. Listen, there are new songs that we are going to sing in the presence of God. And they sang a new song, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seal because you were slain and with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom of priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Praise God. Let me jump to Revelation chapter 19. After this, I heard what sounded like a roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For true and just are his judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her blood, on the blood of his servants. And again they shouted, Hallelujah. The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who was seated on the throne, and they cried, Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, this is powerful. You see, God has arranged all things to give him praise. And he choreographs all things. Not only humans, but the Bible talks about trees and rivers who are clapping their hands. Let me quickly go to Psalm 98. The Bible says here, sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked out salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nation. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands and let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord and for he comes 
to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. So we could go on. And I think we will continue with this subject next week because it's so rich and so powerful where we see the thousands and thousands and ten thousand of ten thousand of angels all giving this choreographed praise to the living God. And of course, it's not just angels which ought to bring that praise to God, but all of us. That's what God is now busy doing in our life. He's preparing us. So God is our choreographer. Okay, he's directing people who have a willing heart. So that we come all together into unison. And that we are going to flow with God, not just... You know, when we come together for an hour or two, but when we are coming to be in his presence forever and ever. It's amazing. So, listen. God is busy shaping us, changing us, getting us into the place where we can be what he had originally intended us to be. We should no longer be besides the rivers of Babylon in a land far away from the presence of God. But we should be able to drink from the water of life that flows through the river from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And thank God this river of life, this water of life comes to all of us. And we are able to enjoy the grace and the mercy of our God. So let's sing a new song to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Praise God. Remember, all things are beautiful in their time. What God is doing in this time, we may not fully understand. You know, sometimes we have taken things for granted because things were going easy. You know, uh, so many things were developing and we enjoyed things left, right, and center. You know, we had our new gadgets, we had our new this and the other, you know, and, and we, we thought it would forever continue like this. Well, sometimes God has to put a brick and saying things are not developing in the right direction. Okay? People were building the Tower of Babylon and God put a brick and says, no, no. This is not what it's supposed to be. Sometimes God does that in your life and in my life in order to bring correction, in order to make us flow with the body of Christ as a whole so that together, choreographed, we can fulfill the very desire of God in our life. And God will bring us from a place of mourning to a place of dancing. Praise God. Okay? Choreography is especially uh, the, the art of bringing people into, into the flow in dancing. Okay? And God is going to make us dance again. Hallelujah. Okay? If you are not able to dance today because you are saying together with the people who were taken to Babylon, how can we sing the songs of science because we are far away from home. We are in a packing land. We cannot praise the Lord. No, 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 God brings you back. God guides your steps. He makes all things work out for good for those who love the Lord. That's his promise. We may not know how he does it, but he does it. And you know, those who are learning from the choreographer, they must keep their eyes on the choreographer because he's the one directing the path, directing the steps. And so let's keep our eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Whatever we go through, he will finish his work in our lives.
Don't fear. Don't panic. Don't live your life in, 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 in agony because, you know, you, you wonder when is this thing going to hit me. It doesn't matter whether it hits you or it doesn't hit you. You know, God will still take you through. Remember, God is in control. He is the master choreographer. And if you love the Lord, he will take you all the way to the place where you can flow in the harmony of God. So that all that which he has given you as talents and as gifts will come out and will be seen and heard by the company of God and by God himself. I know some of you have already gone through tough times. Some of you have been down with COVID and have recovered and thank God for that. And, and, and you know how tough it is, how difficult it is. But remember, there's a time for everything. And after morning comes dancing. Praise God. So we are transitioning. Okay? I believe we are transitioning. We are coming from morning to dancing. There's a time for everything. Everything has a season under heaven, as the Bible says. And so let's not forget to remember the instructions that God has given to us, even in the New Testament. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music, okay, in your hearts, and even with your voice, and even with your body, you know, give God praise. Let us dance with the joyful, and we should be the joyful company in the Lord's. May God bless you. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for your wonderful word. Thank you, Lord, for all the beauty, for all the good things that you have created. Lord, help us to see it. Help us to uncover it. Help us to be able to flow in it according to your guidance. We thank you, Lord, for your wonderful word. Lord, I pray even for all the fathers today. Today is Father's Day, and I pray, Lord, that you bless all the fathers, make them resources to their families, to their children, to their wives, and let them be a blessing to their, to their homes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Unfortunately, we have little time, so I can't call you fathers here, but happy Father's Day. Amen.